Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Good evening, my fellow citizens. This government, as promised has maintained the closest surveillance of the Soviet military buildup on the island of Cuba. This is the Cuba I grew up with. Mankind teeters precariously on the brink of a thermonuclear war. The missile crisis. Duck and cover. Hide under your desk, kids. Cover yourselves with wet newspaper, because we're all going to die. The flames of prices burn far stronger. Fed and fanned by the bitter tirades of Fidel Castro. And this guy. Always in the fatigues, underlining with every appearance that we were two nations in a never-ending state of war. Today, the United States of America is changing its relationship with the people of Cuba. We will begin to normalize relations between our two countries. for what, 55 years now? Half an hour away. Basically giving the biggest superpower <laughs> in the world the, the stiff middle finger. 50 plus years of animosity, embargo, rationing, and the Castro regime is still hanging on. But recently, there are powerful indications that everything is about to change. We are at Jaimanita, a little fishing town. This place is called Casa Santi, owned by two brothers that go out and fish every morning and bring fresh seafood. Okay, humble fishing village, traditional fishing family. Yes. We're about to eat sushi. What's going on in this country, man? <laughs> Things are changing, Anthony, what can I say? <laughs> My name is Hugo Cancio. I was born in Cuba. I was in one of Cuba's most prominent schools. When I made a joke about President Fidel Castro, I was, I was a, a teenager, and uh, the kid that slept on the bunk bed on top of me recorded that conversation, and uh, I was expelled from school. My mom said the only choice is for us to leave Cuba. 
I'm a businessman. I've lived in Miami for 35 years. It's my home base. I come back and forth to Cuba. I've been coming to Cuba for over 20 years. I mean, Cuba is a communist country in economic transition. You know, since well, Castro's allowed Cubans to establish more businesses, there are people that are making money. There are people that have created a tremendous amount of wealth. People with family connections to the states, people tied to the exploding tourist industry, small business owners, taxi drivers, people operating in ever-changing gray areas of what is permissible. How does it work right now? If you're Cuban, you can sell your property to another Cuban, to another from, Cuban. from Cuba. And that's what's happening right now. A lot of Cuban-Americans and a lot of Cubans living abroad are now coming back and through relatives are buying property. Obviously, somebody has touched this building with some kind of investment. It's, it's renovated. It seems to be like a hotel. Somebody bought the building and turned it into a little hotel. However you feel about the government, however you feel about the last 55 years, there aren't many places in the world that look like this. I mean, it's utterly enchanting. It's very seductive. There is no doubt in my mind that somewhere in the offices of like the Four Seasons hotel chain, they're looking at the seafront and thinking, you know, one of these days, you know, and, and cruise ships, you know, what happens then? Well, look, is, uh, is, no. is this inevitable uh, march of progress? Am I being a snob? Uh, uh, no, no, you're being very re being realistic, and that's the concern of most Cubans. I wouldn't mind seeing one or two Starbucks around Havana. But I'm hoping that we don't go back to 1958, where the majority of Cuban companies were owned by American corporations. Right. I have got to believe that Cuba wanted to preserve some of the value that represents, you know, the hearts and soul of the Cuban people. Last time I was in Havana, a meal at a paladar would have been rice and beans. Now, sushi, a certain sign of impending apocalypse. That's good. Yeah. Ten years ago, this restaurant would have never been allowed, not only because private businesses were not allowed, but the external influence that we're seeing. Remember, this is a country where chewing gum or listening to the Beatles were prohibited. I don't think we all need to have Twitter every day. I mean, one of the things I love about coming to Cuba is the fact that I could put my iPhone away. Who cares? Look, look what we have around us. And I hope that Cubans, if they continue to have access to free information, they will still want to preserve this family times. Tourists have been coming to Cuba for some time. Predominantly Europeans, many of them men of a certain age looking for, how shall we say, company. But now it looks like Americans looking to live out fantasies of Godfather II will soon be able to do so. And it's all still here for them. But there's new stuff, too. This is certainly new. Fabrica de Arte, the hottest spot in Havana. A nightclub, performance space, art gallery, highlighting artists, musicians, and DJs from around the world. Questlove is scheduled to DJ here tomorrow night. It's like a big bag when all the arts can fit. 
Right. What is going on here? I ask Inti Herrera and X Alfonso, two of the young entrepreneurs behind the place. Nothing like this ever existed before. Did the government Bureau of Arts help you? We, we had, at the beginning, we had um, subsidies from the Ministry of Culture. Even the building, we asked for the building because it was abandoned uh, for 30 years. The place is very popular. Right now, yes. Who comes here? It's people that uh, love art, but at the same time, it's very diverse. It attracts a once unthinkable mix of foreigners and locals and enjoys the actual support of the government, without whom, of course, it couldn't exist. Our chef here, Lisette, is part of the art world, you know, here. A ceviche of dogfish with pickled vegetables. Loin of pork, pan-seared with yucca, and a riff on a traditional orange sauce with garlic and coriander. Mm, good. Very good. What do you think's gonna happen when the door opens and you've got hundreds of thousands of Americans yeah. flooding here, looking desperately to spend money on and anything Cuban? I don't know, man. We are a small country, no? What <laughs> We have to adapt to new things, but I think it's, it's a good challenge. I guess I'm asking, how do you keep it real when you'll all probably be millionaires in a few years? Us? Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not our goal in life, but uh, that's... Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter. We're going to have to do more factories. <laughs> <laughs> more factories. Havana still looks like you want it to look. Or maybe just how I want it to look. What was once one of the wealthiest cities in Latin America, left to the elements, left to collapse, or frozen gloriously in time. In fits and starts, Cuba is changing. But it's not sugar or rum or tobacco or casino gambling that is the new god. It's tourism. All right, so here we're at Ch Chinatown, such as it is. But are there any Chinese left in Havana? No. There's a few new Chinese. Right. At one point, the Chinese community in Cuba was huge, but they pretty much cleared out after the revolution, as did most of the Russian Jewish emigres who were here. So the state has erected a few quintessentially Chinatown gates, mustered the 14 Chinese people left in the planet to summon their relatives. For more than 35 years, John Lee Anderson has been reporting from conflict zones such as Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Iraq, and Afghanistan. I lied about my age and traveled around Africa when I was 13. I told people I was 26. In the early 1990s, while researching a biography of Che Guevara, 
he and his family moved to Cuba and ended up staying for three years. You lived here during the special period, which was not so special. It was that was the bad times. That was the bad the times. The Russians had pulled out. Soviets all done. The economy went like this. Completely. Ninety percent. It just tanked. Cuba lost eighty percent of its import goods, which led to widespread hunger, malnutrition and a nosedive for the already difficult quality of life on the island. There was one place where we could buy food, which was a Soviet-style place with food that was flown in. Quite bad food. Under Fidel's rule, that's the way it was. It's like a cargo cult version of Chinese food here. Dumplings. A Sichuan chicken dish that's about as Sichuan as well. I am. What's going to happen? What's next? The uptick in tourism just after the December 17th announcement, the surprise announcement by Raul and Obama, in which they said, we've decided to make friends again. The surge in tourism and American interest in Cuba is like this. You now have an island where every room is for rent because you can make $30 or $40 a day. That's more than a state employee makes in three months. There will be wealthy hipsters, women in tiny black dresses, drinking ironic riffs on the mojito in the lobby of the spanking new W Hotel with oots, oots, oots in the background. Yeah. And that's within five years. Yeah, I would say so. Will every Cuban have an inalienable right to free medical care and education at that time? That's what they're worried about. The last time I was here, which was in 2013, I counted eight to ten homeless, garbage-eating people in the street. And I thought, wow, I've never seen that before in Cuba. That's something the old Cuba, the socialist Cuba, that could look after all of its citizens would never have allowed. It's allowing it now. This period we're here in, it's the lull before it all hits. The train is coming. It's either going to roar by and they're going to be able to jump on and go with it, or it's going to derail and it'll be a mess. All of it's possible. Yeah, my mom is, t- is asking me if you would like to taste the rice. Oh, it's fantastic. Like a lot of Cubans, Yosimi Rodriguez lives in the same working-class neighborhood where she was born. I live with my mom, my sister, and my niece. Of course, I would like to have my own bedroom. But there are people who don't even have a house. You were a translator, is that correct? And you are now a journalist? Yeah, well, I've been writing for Havana Times, and then I write also for Diario de Cuba, which is another independent website. She struggles to eke out a living in an industry where the state firmly controls all media. What subjects in particular are of interest to you? The racial issue? Racial disparity. Now, yeah, this is something that the revolution promised to address? Their main mistake was to state that they had eradicated racism, that just like it could be eradicated just like that. On the street, for instance, policemen, the first people they stop is black people. If you're black, you are a potential criminal. Her mom, Rosa, prepared a cabbage stew with carrots, tomatoes, and green beans for her, as you see me as a rare vegetarian on an island where pork is king. Oh, fantastic. Look at that. 
And for us, pork marinated in garlic, onion, and sour orange. Please tell your mom it's superb, really excellent. Mm, mami, sé que está bueno. Está muy bueno, ah, sí. Thank you. You have a very highly educated public here, one of the most literate nations on earth. That, that's funny. We are highly educated, as you said, but um, we are behind concerning internet and all that stuff. Most of us have access to only the official media, the official newspaper. If internet comes, and I think the government is trying to delay it, if that comes, many things will change. People will have access to different points of view. And I don't think our government wants that. If everything goes well, mm -hmm. what will Havana be like? What will this neighborhood be like in five years? You know, having a prosperous society doesn't guarantee that it is it's the same for everyone. You know, you see these people who have been able to use opportunities to open businesses, to open successful restaurants. Those opportunities are there, but I, I cannot use them because I, I, I don't have money. I don't think it is possible to have a perfect society, but I think it is possible to try. How, how you like the food? Oh, it's delicious, really good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. All Cuba seems waiting for something. For whatever it is that happens next. Today, that's the roar of Detroit's finest, circa 1959 and before, of course. American dream machines tricked out, babied, pampered, jury-rigged, or simply held together with duct tape and bailing wire.
the hood? Americano V8, V8 American Engines. We buy spares, we bring spares from America. Lo único que pensamos nosotros el 90% de la semana es en nuestros carros. All we think about through the week is our machines, our V8 engines, you know. Car racing in Cuba, they love it here as much as they love baseball. Wow, that's serious. Los Amigos de Motor are diehard gearheads, drag racers who for more than 20 years have been defying the law and escaping the grind of daily life by pressing pedal to the metal and hurtling down the highway faster, faster, fast as they can go. They just find the best part of the day when there is not so much traffic. You get hundreds and hundreds of people on both sides of the road. Now before, it was absolutely illegal. It's right. always been illegal. It's only the last couple of weeks that we are gonna, going to get sponsorship from the Ministry of Sports. Everything is changing. It's entirely possible that soon you'll be able to order any part, any car, any car in the world. You can have it tomorrow. What would it be? Corvette. 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 Which year? The año? a lunar picnic is only to be seen at night. The grills are painted with this uh, fluorescent painting. It's very surrealistic. It's a weird sensation. It's like a make you hungry somehow. <laughs> Along with his creative partner, Marco Castillo, Dago Rodriguez is half of Los Carpinteros, an artistic entity whose work is shown and collected all over the world. Every single project is a different thing. We have a different technology to fabricate and to develop. Los Carpinteros have managed to stay in the government's good graces by wryly using irony to make their points. In the brutally competitive and capricious contemporary art world outside of Cuba, they are stars. They make a lot of money, but they always return home to Havana. Uh, looks like we'll be eating well. <laughs> Tonight, it's a party in Dago's backyard. Kelvis Ochoa has made his much-loved pig's head soup with pumpkin, corn, peppers, and sweet potatoes, cassava, and plantain. I saw somebody's house. It was just an ordinary home but they created their own fast food franchise and made it look as if it was part of a chain. It was like, you know, Mr. Burger or something like this. This place can be a paradise for fast food, fast food, no? I hope they don't come here soon. Yeah, well, they, this is my biggest fear, is that there will be a big glass box of a W hotel and start seeing Starbucks and Victoria's Secret and, you know, all of the people who make every place look the same. 
it would be awful. Yeah, but we have uh, a 50 year lack of money. Right. This is this is a big problem. The people will freak out with money when they have the money. Yeah. Of course, yeah. but I mean, I think if there's a 200 million dollar uh, hotel project that's sustainable, that's, that preserves the, the facade of the city, that will get approved first before anything super American per se. You know. Wow, whoa, what you cooking over there? Can't forget the whole roasted pig. A few years back, a pretty unthinkable luxury for just about everybody. Oh, wow, soup. Wow. Everything is biological. Organic, they have no money. For, they have no yes, money for, for uh, yes. <laughs> Not the pesticides and the hormones yet. Mm. Ooh, wow. And tamales steamed in the broth from the pig's head soup. Life is good. Yeah, it is. I think the our culture is so strong that it's gonna take a lot of tourists and a lot of uh, boats. How do you say? Uh, Cruise ships. Cruise ships. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of cruise ships to, to dissolve these ingredients. We're always like this, with or without tourists. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. Three of this neighborhood. Houses of wood, houses of concrete. The street is not in good condition. Here was the bus station. It's not a bus station anymore. Now it's, it's a building, it's a, a monument of the past. Mantilla is a suburb of Havana, home to one of Cuba's most celebrated writers. Mi nombre es Leonardo Padura, soy escritor y estamos en la casa donde he vivido toda mi vida. Existen muchas líneas en la realidad cubana que aparentemente no pueden traspasarse. Pero yo creo que sí, que se pueden traspasar o por lo menos se pueden empujar. 
Author of the internationally successful Mario Conde detective series, Padura has been able to portray the daily struggles, the absurdities of life in Cuba. It's a delicate dance, and few have been able to replicate it. You're a hero in the books. Does he live in this neighborhood? Uh, or another neighborhood? Model list. Model list. A uh, happy place to grow up? I mean, in this neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, totally free. I notice a lot of people just hanging out. Who lives here? All kinds of people. Doctors, for example. Engineers, workers. <laughs> and people who, who makes nothing, like that, that guy. Right. He, he don't make nothing. How does he live? Mm, trying to find something to do or something to sell, uh, making a small business. Cafeteria a la barbecue is only one example of a booming do-it-yourself service industry. It's a place where you get a lot of bang for your money. Nothing fancy, just delicious. Fried pork, plantains, and the kind of silky, deeply satisfying beans that dreams are made of. This is good. Good beans. Yeah. You've never had a book blacklisted or banned no. in Cuba? Uh, fortunately, no. Have you been able to say everything that you wanted to say? I try to be the most honest writer that I can be, and I think that I had said all that I can say. The problem is that we need in Cuba a lot of money mm -hmm. because it's a very beautiful city, but the people have many problems to, right. to live uh, with the space, with the structure of the buildings. Mm. For dessert? Ha, awesome. Flan, cooked in a cut-down beer can. Thank you. <laughs> You're a successful author. You've been around the world. You've traveled. Mm -hmm. During difficult periods of Cuban history, I'm sure you had many opportunities to live in Miami or Barcelona or Los Angeles, and yet you stayed in the same house, yeah. the same neighborhood. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because I like it. I need to, to live in Cuba, near to the Cuban people, near to the, to the Cuban language. For me, it's, it's very... It's very important. Yes, the future is here. But the past, too, is everywhere. The buildings, the cars, the gears of the whole system are still largely stuck in time. Juana Bacayao. Juana la Cubana. 93-year-old Juana Bacayao is very much a part of that past. Me dedico a mi arte, a cantarle al pueblo toda una vida. Long before the revolution, she was a shining star at Meyer Lansky's Tropicana, singing for Capone, Luciano, you know the names. Juana, Juana, cuando me tiro en el carro mío. Juana, Juana, Juana. Y esa es la vida que siempre he tenido 
con el pueblo. Yo voy al escenario todos los días a las 12 de la noche con mi orquesta. siempre ha sido divino es una fuente maravillosa de amigos que me quieren todo el pueblo mientras que hay salud se canta y eso Cuba is not Havana. It's a bigger country than you might imagine. And the road to Santiago de Cuba, the country's second largest city, takes you 12 hours on their less-than-modern highway system. Along the way, you see agrarian Cuba, the country in which most Cubans lived pre-revolution. Santiago! Santiago! Santiago is a poorer city. It's blacker. And unlike Havana, the symbols and faces of the revolution still seem to mean something. These brutalist prefab workers' housing complexes are everywhere here. And at first glance, hell, at second glance, they look like something you'd house animals in. But for many, previously living even poorer, harsher lives in the countryside, these offered something new. Each group of buildings came with a doctor, a school. Still, they look about as grim as grim can be. Yet, Santiago is anything but grim. Savoni Beach is where locals go on the weekend to kick back with family, drink the best rum in Cuba, which means the best rum anywhere, swim, hang with family and friends. Hola, gentlemen, we will be needing some basas. Raymel is our local fixer. Ruben is in the bar business. Sergio rents rooms to the occasional tourist. Everybody getting by, making the adjustment to private enterprise Cuba in their own way. Until a few years ago, you couldn't rent or sell, right? No, very different. A long time ago, it was allowed to rent a house, but no sell and buy. What kind of fish is this? Dorado. 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 It's huge. It's good. 
fresh-caught Dorado and lobster is on the menu. Do they think this is going to change? I mean, look, we've all been following the news. Right. Half an hour away. I mean, they can basically take a boat over for lunch. What do you think Americans want? They have no idea, because they, they know, because never touched the American tourists before. It's looking good now, man. Good rum, cold beer, good fish, good lobster. You'll be needing a blender for piña coladas. Si no hay máquina, la vamos a hacer con el blender. If they have not machine, they're going to do it by hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it this way, my friend. You're going to be making a lot of piña coladas. I think you're going to need the machine. Nighttime is party time, where everybody, it appears, at least from when I was there, hit the streets. Mom, dad, sis, even grandma get, well, crazy. Used to be Son and Trova that ruled the streets. This was where those musical styles were born, after all. But now, it's reggaeton and, of course, hip-hop. Alain Garcia is the leader of the Santiago-based hip-hop trio TNT, La Resistencia. We've been making hip-hop for 15 years, which is quite difficult here in Cuba. We've been in jail three days once just for make hip hop. Super le volumen voy a rapear como un loro. Deja lo que fluye ritmo habla por sí solo. Este es MC y yo papá flow aquí en la sierra. El asesino de los chota el perro de todas esas perras rodillas se muñeca se lo manda. Definitely is a change in Cuba, but I don't think it's because the relation with the United States are getting better. It's because the people just realize we need to change. We still want a kind of society where everyone participates and everyone determining the future of the society. So, born and bred, Santiago, where the good rum comes from. Exactly. So tell me, music business in Santiago, but what are you doing? Music here is more important than the plate of food. When it's carnival, sometimes the people don't have money for a proper food, but they got money for like a jar of beer and just enjoying that beer in a place with music. How much American hip-hop do you get here? We get actually quite a lot. It's my friends. Someone came from outside. That one passed to me and I passed to my friends. And that's it. It's hand by hand. In the beginnings, in the 90s, we started making hip-hop here. And we get a lot of drums. Hip-hop came from the States. They're like everlasting enemy of the revolution. Right. So you're making a music, a protest music. Right. So we've been a couple of times in jail just for songs. So now you can make money performing? Yeah. You can maybe make money selling? Cities in the streets. But actually right now, more possibilities are coming. When the opportunity to like promote the music, when the opportunity to have access to internet, free access, I mean. That's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. If you want to spend your holidays properly in Cuba, just come down to Santiago. All right. We got a couple of things to show to the world. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Por Santiago. Hace un boom, 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 mi latido en tu conciencia. Yo le meto el ruido que le hace dar la frecuencia. Hace un boom, 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 mi latido en tu conciencia. Yo le meto el ruido que le h
driving a taxi? For more than 20 years. Mostly Cubans or uh, tourists? No, tourists, most of them Spanish, Italy, even people from Canada, a lot of, a lot of Canadian people. Vamos, vamos, vamos. You're from Santiago? Yes, I was born in Santiago. I was staying in Spanish, Santiago. I used to live in Russia for six years. I studied there. Really? Yeah, I was really young, and I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, because it must be cold there. Oh, uh, no, could you imagine the difference? Cuba, yeah. a Russian, snow, first time I saw snow. I sent to my mom a lot of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Holding snow, throwing snow. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you studying in Russia? A uh, mechanic engineer. That's so, you went from engineering to uh, taxi driving? Yes, yes, yes. In 1990, the Russian left us alone. Uh, we got in trouble with the economy, so I have to change my job. So it looks like the embargo might end. You know, a lot of money going to start coming to Cuba. Oh. You think it's going to change? I think that the American businessmen will invest in Cuba, and that will be good for everyone. How about, how about going back to engineering? Uh, you know, that will depend on how much it will pay. Right, okay. <laughs> what next for Cuba? Something is coming. It will come from out there, but also from within Cuba. It's already happening, but what is it? Everybody knows, everybody can feel it, it smells like freedom, but will it be victory?
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.